We need the presence of God in our lives. Each one of us individually. I would say to you tonight that it's so cool to go home, be by yourself, and every time ask God, Lord, empower me with this dunamis power, this dynamic power that I want to have in my life. Just like the day of Pentecost. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thank you for joining us today for life-shaping inspiration from the book of Acts. Reflecting on the day God first baptized His people with the Holy Spirit, Raul will show us that this amazing gift is now given to each one of us as believers, enabling us to serve the Lord with strength and authority. Stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio for confidence to follow God's leading as you're equipped by His Holy Spirit. Here's Raul Reese. Well, if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 2. Let me give you a little history before we get into chapter 2. But uh, this is a chapter where we have the birth of the church. Pentecost was a divinely planned event in the Old Testament and the book of Leviticus 23. So when you look at Pentecost, you look at an event that not only Jesus spoke about because Passover was one event, and then, of course, we had the second event, which was, again, another feast, which was called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which lasted seven days in which it typified lifelong walk of the believer in separation from evil. The first fruits was a third feast, a type of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In John twelve twenty four, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. First Corinthians fifteen twenty three. But each one of his own order, Christ the first fruits. Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. So we have the scriptures to back up everything that the scripture has to say to us. Now, The Lord came, he was crucified, three days later he resurrected, and when he resurrected, he told the disciples that he would meet him in the Galilee. Well, he was there for 40 days, and after 40 days, as he went to the Mount of Olives, and he's going to ascend to heaven in a cloud, the disciples were with him, and the angels that were with Jesus, as Jesus began to ascend to heaven, they were looking up. And the angel said to him, look, you guys, the same Jesus, you see going up, the same Jesus is coming back again. And the Lord had told them that when he would ascend to heaven, that they were to wait for 10 days. And on the 10th day would become the feast of Pentecost, the 50th day. 40 days, 10 days later, the baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon the church. Let's begin by looking at chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, what he says. And when the day of Pentecost, notice, typifying the pouring out of the Holy Spirit 50 days after the Feast of Fruits, reference to that is Leviticus 23, 15 through 16. The day of Pentecost was fully come, 
They were all with one accord in one place. Notice the unity that we have here on the day of Pentecost in the church. 120, including the mother of Jesus, were in the upper room. We really don't know where the upper room is. When we go to Israel, they take us in Jerusalem and they take us to this place inside of the city of Jerusalem. And we go upstairs in this building that is really beautiful. That when you sing, you can hear the echo of people singing. But we don't really believe that's the upper room. They say it's the upper room. We really don't know where the upper room was. But this is the place where the day of Pentecost, when they fully had come, that they all were with one accord in one place. The unity was there. They were not only unitized, but you could see the love and the grace and mercy of God that they had not only upon themselves. But this is also in Psalm 133 that the actual disciples would sing, especially when Jesus was with them. Psalm 133, if you go home and read it, it says, one of the verses says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There were what? With all, with one accord in one place. Unity is so important in the church and in the home. The worst thing you can see is when a family is divided. They don't get along. They talk against each other. But here in the first church that we have in the Bible, they were all united. They were all in one accord. The Lord was in the center of the camp. Man, I pray that in this church, that the Lord would be in the center of the camp. And that each one of us individually would be in one accord, in one place. Because if we're united, what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon them. It was a different day. It was a different church. A different people. The power of the Holy Spirit. We're back in the book of Exodus chapter 12. We have the first Passover. And now here in the New Testament, we have a time now where the Passover has been taking place. But now on the 50th day, notice the Holy Spirit comes upon the church. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now, we don't really know what sound it was, but he's going to say here of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I can remember when I got saved, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I don't remember having any type of wind to receive the Holy Spirit. But I do remember that when they laid hands on me, It was a different time for me because I really knew that God was going to baptize me with power. And when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, my life was totally different in going and testifying to people. I had this boldness. And I had this power that when I was going to get to sin, that the Holy Spirit would speak to me. And the Holy Spirit would lay on my heart, if you sin, these are going to be the consequences. And that's why I always emphasize, get baptized with the Holy Spirit of God. You need it. I need it. Every single morning we need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So that we can go out in this world and face the situations and the problem of this world. At this particular moment, they're in Jerusalem. There's this 30 nations that are there coming for Passover. And this takes place while 30 nations there that speak different languages. Different languages. The Lord chose a perfect time. For the Holy Spirit to come upon the church. 
like a rushing mighty wind. Notice, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Sitting in that room, 120 of them. I wrote this down here, the rushing mighty wind. Literally, it's a violent blast born along or the root of a powerful wind blowing, like a hurricane blowing. That's what it emphasizes there in the Greek language. Like a roaring of a hurricane, powerful wind. And when you see that word sitting there, notice it is not a position. It could be standing, sitting, or laying down. doesn't really matter when you pray. Because a lot of people come up to you and say, well, you know, should I be standing, sitting, laying down, or on my knees praying? Look, at it's the condition of the heart. What is your heart like? You can sit and pray. You can lay down and pray. That's a dangerous position to be in because you start dreaming pretty soon. But I think that it's so cool to sit or to actually get on your knees. I like getting on my knees, not because I want to be more spiritual. But I think it's a position where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I believe that when he was on his knees and when he was praying, Father, if this is your will, then let this thing happen to me and I will submit. I think that it's a position of submission for each one of us individually where the Holy Spirit can come and speak to my heart and I believe with all my heart that is, I'm sitting there as on my knees before the Lord that no iPads, no computers, nothing, but just waiting on the Lord to speak to me, to take my Bible, to open it up and to sit there and just meditate on the scripture that God has given to me and then to be still and to hear the voice of God. Not a mighty rushing wind, but the voice of God as I open the scriptures and I begin to read the word of God. And the Lord begins to speak to me through his word. That's how God speaks to me. I don't know how he speaks to you. Situations, problems, whatever it is. And it's so awesome because it shows us here, suddenly it was something rapidly. Suddenly it came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues. Divided tongues as of a fire. And one set upon each one of them. Fire indicates the purifying presence of God in my life. The purification of the presence of God. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're here to encourage you with uplifting insights from God's Word. For resources, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. And be sure to join Rawl on his YouTube channel for Straight Talk, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now back to more from Acts chapter 2. Because it says, notice verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All. 120 of them were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And we see here the fulfillment of the promise of what? Of the book of Joel chapter 2. That in the last days. Remember, the New Testament wasn't written yet. Just the Old Testament. And so the book Joel chapter 2, if you go to it, when you go home, look at chapter 2. And it says that in the last days, God would do such a thing as bringing the Holy Spirit upon the church. And here... 120 of them received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is the power of God to use my life when I speak, when I witness, when I'm going through a trial, when I'm reading the Word of God or the Bible. It gives me that power to recognize, Lord, you are with me. By faith, I believe, Lord, that you are with me. A transformed power, dunamis power that is given to us when God fills us with this Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, be you filled with the Holy Spirit. And they begin to speak with other tongues. Notice what? As the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. You see, this is the key doctrine. The Holy Spirit enlightens, empowers the believer and the church in life, worship, evangelism, and service in the kingdom of God. That's what he does. The Spirit of God that is given to each one of us individually. Remember, Jesus in the Gospel of John told the disciples, you guys, I'm going to leave. But when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the Paracletus. The one that will come alongside to lead you, to teach you, to guide you in all these things and will bring power upon your life. And when the Holy Spirit now in the day of Pentecost baptized each one of them individually, they would never be the same. Never the same. Ever, ever the same. And so with each one of us individually, since you came to Christ, are you different? Are you different? Or are you the same person that you were in the world you are today? Filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God did what? Gave them the utterance. Verse 5. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews. They came from everywhere. Jews, devout men. From every nation under heaven. There probably was a million Jews in Jerusalem. that lived in Jerusalem. A million Jews. And they came from all over the world to come to Jerusalem. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And then he says, and when this sun happened, the multitude came together, all these people visiting, and were confused. Imagine if we here tonight were baptized by the Holy Spirit, and then we begin to speak in tongues, and then there are people right outside here, and they hear us speak in tongues, and they're going, man, these people are crazy. What in the world's going on here? Well, this is what happened. The baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon them. They've never heard such thing. And they started hearing this dialect, everybody's dialect or everybody's language. And then they were all amazed. They marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these that speak Galileans? Man, these guys are from Galilee. The Galileans typically, they were called to speak Hebrew, Aramaic, and possibly they communicated in Greek. They spoke in Greek. But it's so cool because the Galileans not only were sitting there wondering, well, what is the meaning of this? But he says, and how is it that we hear each one in our own language? You see, they heard him in their own language in which we were born. From our own country, we spoke this language and we hear them speaking in our language. And then Barithians, Medes, Elamites, which is Turkey, and then Phygia, south of the, across the Mediterranean Sea, to the regions of North Africa, Pamphylia, Egypt, the parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christians, Arabs, we hear them speak, notice, in our own tongues, 
Doing what? The wonderful works of God. You notice it was not a message. The wonderful works of God. Lord, we praise you. We adore you. We love you. That's what they heard them speaking. Not a message. The message that is given to us, as he says here, the wonderful works of God. The key to the gift of tongues. Worshiping now, speaking in tongues, the wonderful works of God. Can I use that and speak within the church, within a congregation? No, it would bring confusion to a non-believer. Read 1 Corinthians 14. You got to read that. Notice the reaction. Verse 12. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? What is the meaning of this? Well, I would too. Hey, what's going on? And others mocking said, they are full of wine, they're drunk. But it was only nine o'clock in the morning. Nine o'clock in the morning, and they had nothing to do with drinking wine. Nothing at all. These guys that it says others were mocking, we remember here that these people rejected Jesus. And they rejected the testimony of the disciples, the apostles of Jesus Christ. Well, so when they saw them being baptized by the Holy Spirit, maybe out of anger, maybe jealousy, whatever it is, they started mocking them, and they said they are full of what? A full of new wine accusations or accusing them. And then Peter, notice what he says. Peter, when there's an experience, Peter says, okay, you guys, you don't understand. We don't want confusion. So Peter stands up and says, you guys, I'm going to tell you what just happened. What just happened, I'm going to tell you. I think it's always good to make sure that a pastor, teacher, or whoever is, even including yourselves, we need to have an answer biblically. If it's not biblical, then you know what? Don't listen to it. Don't accept it. But if it's biblical, then that's what Peter's going to do. He's going to explain what just happened, that this is the fulfillment of the prophet Joel chapter 2. This is what the Lord said in the Old Testament, that this would happen in the New Testament. The baptism of the Holy Spirit would come. And then he says this. And Peter, standing up with 11, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. Peter spoke with authority, notice that. Bringing conviction to the people. It's so awesome when you see someone speak with authority. Not being afraid to speak the word of God. And Peter was standing among these people that were making fun. And Peter speaks with authority. He has this opportunity. He goes on to say what? Hear these words. For these are not drunk. You guys, these guys have not been drinking as you suppose. As you think. Since... It's only the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what spoken by who? By the prophet Joel. This, what you hear, this, what you see, was already prophesied by the Lord in the book of Joel in the Old Testament. This is what it says. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Now you got to remember this prophecy is what? For the future. For the future, I believe we're in the last days. But a lot of the prophecy here is going to go into the tribulation period. The last seven years of world history. He starts out, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord God, 
that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. What was he doing in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4? Pouring out the Holy Spirit of God, fulfillment of the word of God. Fulfillment of the word of God. He says, your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants, and on my maid servants, he says, I will what? I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Notice the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. Especially 14. Paul the Apostle goes into the gifts of the Holy Spirit the way they're supposed to be used, not to abuse them, when to use them, and when not to use them. The proper use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't study those chapters. So they don't know how to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And now here comes into the future. Into Matthew 24, 29 through 30. I will show wonders in heaven above. Signs in the earth beneath. Blood. Fire. Vapor of smoke. I wonder if that's speaking of volcanoes. In the last days. The sun shall be turned into darkness. Deep smoke in the air. The sun shall be turned into darkness. The moon into blood before the coming great day. Awesome day of the Lord. Speaks of what? The tribulation period. So he's given us signs. Preparing us for the last days. Preparing us for the last days. Peter's explaining about the day of the Lord coming. A day of great tribulation, the Antichrist, the false prophet. Read the book of Revelation, you'll blow your mind. And then he says this. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. The grace of God. Nobody can ever say, you didn't give me a chance. Nobody. God gives chance after chance after chance after chance to be saved. We call it the grace of God. And when we come to Christ, look at all the grace he's given to us. I mean, how many times we should have gone to hell? How many times, you know, we could have done this, done that, and God forgiven us? Total forgiven us because of his love, because of his grace, and because of his mercy. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's Word is so clear that we can trust the Holy Spirit to lead us in kingdom-building service and guide us in boldly sharing our faith. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's message is available to you in its complete form for a donation of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for today's lesson from Acts chapter 2. To further assure you of the Lord's powerful presence in your life, we'd like to tell you about Rawls' four-message Holy Spirit series. Available on both CD and an MP3 flash drive, this study provides biblical clarification of who the Spirit is and what His role is as your helper and guide. You'll see that you can accomplish mighty things for God when you set aside your own agenda to live the Spirit-led life. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' Holy Spirit series. 
We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $12 or the CD collection for $19. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. If you choose to write us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves Your Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We hope you'll take advantage of all of the resources we have to offer. Download our app for convenient access to live stream teaching, digital Bible studies, and much more. If you've missed any of these programs, you can download the podcast using Spotify or iTunes. And for more encouragement from the Word of God, visit somebodylovesyou.com to subscribe to Rawls' daily devotional emails. You can also email Rawl directly at pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. This ministry is fully listener-supported, and we are grateful for your tax-deductible donations. Next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll continue with more from the book of Acts. You'll see how the Holy Spirit empowered two uneducated former fishermen to work a mighty miracle in Jesus' name. Here's Rawl with a closing comment. And then he says this, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. The grace of God. The grace of God. Nobody can ever say, you didn't give me a chance. Nobody. God gives chance after chance after chance after chance to be saved. We call it the grace of God. And when we come to Christ, look at all the grace he's given to us. I mean, how many times we should have gone to hell? How many times, you know, we could have done this, done that, and God forgiven us, totally forgiven us because of his love, because of his grace, and because of his mercy. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.